join Startup Canada this spring as we tour across Canada to celebrate the winners of the 2018 Startup Canada Awards. Join us in Winnipeg, Vancouver, Miramichi, Sault Ste. Marie, and Montreal. Network with leading entrepreneurs and the drivers of Canada's startup community. Visit startupaward.ca for more information and to get your tickets now. Rogers Business App Market brings together the right apps for your business and wraps it all up with Rogers world-class support. Microsoft Office 365 makes it easy, whether you need to securely store and backup files, access or share documents in the cloud, collaborate with your team or manage your business from anywhere and on any device. Plus, with support from Rogers, you'll get everything up and running quickly. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash business apps. Scotiabank understands that business is personal and your business has unique needs. That's why we offer flexible solutions for your business banking. Create your own business banking package that works for you by opening an account online in minutes with ease and start saving today. Visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business to get started. real entrepreneur helping others succeed. This is your host, Rivers Corbett, on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day in the life stories and in their shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music. And visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I'm Rivers Corbett and entrepreneurship is part of my DNA. Whether it's building my own companies or helping other entrepreneurs build theirs this is my lane want to connect after the podcast you can find me at www.meetrivers.com ladies and gentlemen just really thrilled to have an amazing guest on the startup canada podcast show today an ojibwe entrepreneur from fort william first nation ontario who has turned to traditional medicines to treat people with conditions of eczema patrice musso is the owner of such Organic Skin Care, which was developed out of the need to treat her baby daughter's eczema. At the time, Patrice refused to treat her daughter's conditions with steroid cortisone creams, which led her to seek organic skin care solutions. Through exhaustive research, which used to be her home remedy and crockpot in her kitchen, now transitioned to a flourishing skin care company, serving those with the skin conditions. She now provides a legitimate alternative to 
to steroid products with NPN approval and USDA organic product certification. Her story of conscious entrepreneurship was exemplary for many other fellow entrepreneurs. And for that, she was awarded the 2017 Indigenous Entrepreneur Award in Startup Canada Awards Grand Finale. On today's podcast, we're going to talk to Patricia about the care and level of thoughtfulness in the product driving business success. Patrice, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. Thank you so much, Rivers. I really appreciate uh, having a chat with you, for sure. Well, you know, I'm very interested in your journey for for a lot of reasons. One of them is because of the niche that you have have uh, found yourself in out of a need that was very personal to you with your baby daughter and, 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 and tying it into a very much a growing sector. Uh, why I say that I'm working with a company here in Fredericton that has got a high level organic vegan based, no animal uh, in uh, connection with it uh, deodorant. And I have been just just marvelously uh, appreciative of the opportunity to one build a business around it, but also the movement, the shift that's happening from what I'll call conventional uh, uh, prescriptions, medicines, whatever, to to very much an organic based uh, focus for not only the product but obviously the people that are following. Can you talk a bit about that discovery of a of a community? Well, actually, Court, one of the things I do want to mention is uh, it's not just traditional medicine that I used in this. Of course, I did look at the centuries of anecdotal evidence that is out there that's been used by grandmothers for for years to help their families. Um, but I also looked at academic studies from different universities, okay. research that's been done in the last 10, 15 years around non-toxic anti-inflammatories. So what this is, is actually a combination of two worlds that have come together to create the best product possible without having to use steroids. So something that does the job without toxins. Now this is, it's, it's because I made this because there simply was not anything on the market that I was acceptable to me. There was nothing that I was willing to put on my child that was safe, simple, non-toxic and was proven to work. Um, So I decided that I was going to start a business based on the values that I was looking for. Um, So the company I created was going to have, it's going to have more intention than just making a profit. It's actually, the intention is to actually do good in the world not only for the customers, but also in my business. Um, All the packaging that we use is very environmentally friendly. I support women-owned businesses. Um, All of our paper is created using wind power offsets. Mm. Um, Everything's 100% recycled. It's using veggie and soy-based inks. We pay living wages here in Vancouver, which, as you know, uh, may know, it's the highest in Canada. Mm -hmm. It's really about the purpose over the profit right. for our company. Yeah. And and, and that, that is a new way of doing business. Yeah. Um, people for very, for so long, it's always seemed like business has always been about this cutthroat. You get in there and you, and you do whatever it is that you need to do to make your shareholders happy and to increase your profits every year. And the company itself, we are very healthy financially. We're very smart and savvy and, and, you know, very tight on our margins. Um, but it, that's not what it, that's not all it's about. I am. Um, I've been reading a book 
And I'm just pulling it out right now because I want to get the title correct for our conversation. And it's written by a, a gentleman by the name of Yannick Silver. Have you ever heard of Yannick Silver? I have not. He wrote a book called Evolved Enterprise, and it talks about exactly what you're referencing. This, the social conscious is purpose-driven first and product um, uh, delivered second, and how the momentum for, for uh, – commerce is really starting to shift more in that direction. And so, you know, you know, I, I, I reinforce the, uh, your focus that it's a, a smart way of doing business, uh, because it's focused about purpose. My question is, is about, is about in the beginning days, because you're, you're, you're seeing more and more organizations actually make this shift in that direction. How did you begin your journey of delivering that message about your purpose, let alone ultimately what you were providing as part of that journey. Well, Rivers, my background's actually in radio and television ah, broadcasting. Okay. For years, I I worked in media. Um, right. Then I had a baby. Right. And my baby got eczema when she was eight months old. Right. And so I used my research skills to create this product. Now, I, I, went, I had extra left over in my crock pot. So I put it out on the Facebook, the mommy's Facebook group I was a part of. Mm. And people ended up asking, you know, can I, can I buy some of this? But I never thought it was going to be a business um, for me. Um, but then I got the idea that, you know, the reason why I got involved in radio and television journalism in the first place is I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to make a difference in people's lives. And I don't know if you've seen journalism lately. Um, it's not really that standard anymore. Uh, so, but today in my company, people are calling me and emailing me every day mm. and telling me that I made a difference in their lives mm. and I made a difference in the lives of their their elderly parents or their children or their pets. Like that is how I'm shifting the needle in my own way. Mm. And because I don't have a business background, I thought if I am going to do this business, I'm going to do it the way that I believe business should be done. And I don't have an MBA. So I don't even know the rules I'm breaking. <laughs> I just make it work. Right. And so, and, and so you, you're living ultimately the, the purpose that you have created your organization, your company with, and, and how, I mean, how many people would you have on your team right now? Uh, right now, depending on what, what's going on in the company, we have about eight people that work, um, part-time contracts. They work on their own time. Um, pretty much everybody in the company is a mom, right. uh, with little ones. So they work late at night, they work from home, they do whatever it is that they need to do to get that work done. But I'm very flexible about um, how that happens. And, and part of the the culture I'm sure you're creating is obviously that people have to buy into what it is that, you know, the, the purpose-driven mission for what it is that, that, uh, that the Satya is bringing to the market. How do you, how do you vet those people? How do you, how do you find those people? So you say, yeah, you're the one that, that fits with the mission and the passion and the focus for what we want to have? Intensive interviewing. Um, there's always at least three interviews before I bring someone to the company. I have a very specific set of questions that I ask every single person. And I want to know um, where it is that what drives them moving forward in their lives? Um, because very much the people that work in their company, we are family. Um, I mean, we do everything from like sharing our 
kids clothes around <laughs> and, you know, calling each other when, you know, just to say hello kind of thing. Like we're all, we are, we are very much a family. I can recommend a book. Uh, I think it's called Who, okay. um, and it's about uh, it's about the hiring process, which was uh, really great for me yes. as well. So I, I checked that out. Patrice, uh, you say you don't have an MBA, but you obviously have got experience now as a, as an entrepreneur. Um, what was one of the what was one of the oh my gosh moments that you had when you started your business your, your journey as a as a business owner you, you, that you said oh my gosh I didn't realize that and why I say that is that there's a, there's there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are in your position where they don't know and yet they need to know so can you tie into one of those one or two lessons that you learned along your journey that you say people got to know about this whether they know about business or not mm-hmm. I would say um, you are always going to screw up <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, and just accept that. Uh, don't expect to ever be perfect. Don't expect to know everything that you're supposed to know. Um, and for me, the biggest mistakes that have happened in my company were all based on people, um, you know, making wrong decisions or um, around around hiring and who to trust and, and that sort of thing. Like we as an entrepreneur, we're pretty vulnerable and there are people out there that are looking to um, jump on your bandwagon, uh, that you have to sort of keep an eye out for. Uh, but you know, everybody has those stories. Everybody has failures and, uh, that's okay. Uh, in fact, if you can get in some sort of entrepreneurial group or meet together with a mentor or a, you know, a small, uh, group of, of entrepreneurs and get together and share your failures, because that is the best way to, to grow and to know that, um, you're, probably doing pretty good how's your daughter doing these days ah she's fantastic she's at school right now nice. she's in grade one and uh her eczema does come back on occasion sure. um but i've never had to put steroids on her and if it ever does come back i just put a little bit of the satya on her and within a day or two it's gone again and how is uh, have you have um, i'm always interested in family businesses and as it really I have three children and at some level they've been involved with my businesses along my journey um, how do you in, in, engage uh, her what's her name her name is Esme and she's six okay. and she absolutely loves <laughs> uh, the fact that mummy has the business and she she will get up on like I brought her to business meetings and nice. she'll get up on the chair and start talking about the product and what the product does and how you use it and you know she asked me the other day about shipping rates and I have nice. brought her up on stage to accept awards you know I just want her to be comfortable in these types of situations and to know that Anything is possible for her. Well, and also you're you're an advocate for uh, for women entrepreneurship. Um, can you talk about about the, that advocacy journey that you're uh, that you're that you're on? Well, you know, I think it's for me. It was a lot about perception. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think that I would ever run a business myself, and it was because I had this idea of what a business person was. Um, the MBA, yeah. the, you know, having uh, briefcases and suits and, <laughs> and you know, uh, quite often a, a guy. Yes. Um, it just wasn't something that 
was in my in my in my realm. But um, now I see it as such an opportunity for women. Uh, we come from a different place organically uh-huh. uh, of. Uh, empathy, uh-huh. uh, of course, and um, God, you know, there oh. is no one else there on the planet who manages to multitask and get <laughs> stuff done with almost nothing right. than a mother. Yes. Like they're natural <laughs> entrepreneurs. They just figure shit out. Yeah. It's awesome. So yeah, like I just know I can give a task to, to I mean, not to say that men aren't like this exactly, but right. I just know that you know, women have always had to figure it out, especially it. single moms, you know, which I am one and of. And you're one of those. You know, I it was, um, the, the, the deodorant company I was talking to is called the best deodorant in the world. And uh, it, there's some wonderful synergies that are happening between that company and the journey that you're on. But anyway, yesterday we were having a meeting with the CEO. It was a woman. Her name's Margo. And, and, I, and, and I said to her, you're going through lists in your head right now, aren't you? So she's here and she's talking, she's thinking about her daughter, Olivia's uh, ballet recital that she has to go to, and this has to be done, and this has, and you were exactly right. It's 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 a, a very very challenging position to be in, one that most mothers embrace, of course, but to also be able to bring in that empathy and coordination and balancing and juggling and so on into business is uh, is very mm-hmm. much an, a, a valuable trait. Yeah, I mean, obviously, men are bringing in very unique skills, and women are bringing in very unique skills. So I think that it is an open playing field for both genders. Yes. I think that more and more women, um, not only women are creating businesses about one and a half times men right now uh, here in the Canadian economy, uh, but what we don't have for women is the support right. um, that is offered to men. And especially when it comes down to venture capital, um, only about 4% of all venture capital goes to women, period. Wow. So it's, you know, we are starting these businesses, but we don't, we don't have the support to grow them. Right. So it's, I think it's, that's a really important thing that has to happen here is uh, we need to find ways to support more women in business, not just getting women in business to start right, businesses because right. they're doing it already. Yeah. We need to support them and this, to, it, to be successful and grow. And, this, and that's right in the scale up process. Well, one of the things we do in the podcast show here is, is, is one embrace the dialogue. And, you know, it's one of the ways in which we can, we can keep the agenda open and you're right. It is important to have that topic open and, and the stats are there uh, that a woman led organization has the potential to be more successful. Uh, the, the probability of success is much higher for a women-run organization than men. So it makes sense that you would want to invest in an organization that has that potential to uh, succeed. So we keep bringing the topic up. It's why I was interested in, even though it wasn't on the uh, the scripts that I have and the, the documentation, I was. Uh, I think it's important to keep that dialogue open. So I uh, thank you for allowing us to to go down that route. I want to, I want to get back to your uh, to your business uh, so, yeah mm-hmm. and and talk about as you have grown the organization you have uh, you pro- you've provided as I said alternatives to steroid products with NPN approval and USDA organic product certification can you tell our audience mm-hmm. what that means well so 
one of the things that I wanted to do as a business owner is I wanted to make sure that my customer could look at my product and go, she has jumped through all the hoops. She has made sure that this is to the highest standard possible by getting all those certifications that are out there. So there are products, of course, that say organic, but aren't Uh certified organic. Uh Mine is certified, which means it is a hundred, you know, there is no question that I'm using organic products, um, sorry, organic ingredients. Um, It's as clean as possible, which is extremely important for people with sensitive skin issues. They really have to know what they're putting on their skin. And getting the NPN from Health Canada, um, I was able to submit all of my research and my formulation into Health Canada and they can review it and yet say, yes, in fact, this does work for eczema. So that's another level of comfort for my customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the reason why I why I do this. And, and, and if you, um, I can assume because of that, that you would recommend anybody that has the opportunity to get certification as a reinforcement of the quality and credibility behind the products to, to pursue it? I think in my case, absolutely. I don't know if that's, you know, across the board. Um, I think there are, there may be other things out there that you don't need that and people don't find it, you know, to be necessary. But with a with a, an issue like eczema or psoriasis, these are medical conditions that require a level of certainty. Yes. And seriousness with what you are trying to create for people. Um, I'm appalled most of the time when I look at what's on the shelves right now Mm. and most of the products are full of fragrance and uh, additives and parabens and carcinogens and and then they'll have like one tiny active ingredient like it's just there's a lot of garbage that's on the market and i wanted to make sure that my customers know that i was doing the best possible for them a lot of garbage and a lot of uh, a lot of untruths that are out there too that are being represented so very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, do you mind if I take a journey down your, the road of your your, your um, lessons, your experience as being a single mother entrepreneur? Sure. Okay, because it's it's it, you know we we talk about couples, we talk about, uh, we, but we never talk about the you know the mompreneur who is a single mom and how she ultimately how things are different for you building a business and how you approach them. Can you can you talk about that uh, for our audience? Because it, it's I've never talked to uh, about the topic. It's been out there obviously, but because you bring it up, I think it's an important one to reference because there's a lot of single moms who want to be entrepreneurs who are entrepreneurs. And uh, I think you can bring a lot to the, uh, to the topic today. Right. Well, I mean, obviously I can't compare the two because I am a single mom, so I can't really say I, uh, you know, what it's like to have a partner, but I, I can tell you that um, it's really, if you don't have someone who's a, a partner with you in your relationship, I think it's really important to have someone who can be a partner with you in being being a, an ear, someone to listen. You need to bounce ideas off. You need to unload some of this stuff because um, very often, you know, you feel as a single mom, everything is on you, and that and it is true. But it's really important to you know, find that friend or, or even if you do, or or to journal or something, because I think, um, the real danger about being a single parent in business is that you isolate, um, which is not great for your business, um, either. 
because you're so busy with everything. It's like, I don't have time to go out and do this. Um, but I, I think that for, for your own health and for the health of your business, it is, a, it is something that you have to do, is you have to go out there and get the support um, that you're not getting. How has your radio and television journalism career helped you with your business? Um, well, I'm pretty at ease doing interviews. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and you know, it's, it's just an extent, again, you know, it's an extension of who I am. I'm naturally curious and I, I want to, I want to do things. I want to, you know, make a better, make a better world, make a change for the future and and do things, be a, a role model for my daughter. And that follows through from my career in media to now my career as a business person. So, so you, uh, you were awarded the 2017 indigenous Entrepreneur Award in the Startup Canada yeah. Awards. Congratulations on that. Thank you. What does that mean to you? Well, um, if I may, because I'm super proud of this as well. I was also the winner of the UPS pitch contest ah. to the Dragons that day. Uh, I love it. <laughs> uh, which was another national competition that I won that we're day. Gonna, so. We're going to talk about that then. Perfect. Let's talk yeah. about both those. Um. Obviously, I mean, just uh, the fact that someone looked at the business and went, yep, you are killing it is pretty amazing. So, you know, it's it's wonderful to look. I'm literally looking at it right now. Nice. This a beautiful award that I now have yes. that's sitting on my mantle. Yes. Um, so that's that was great. And obviously all the opportunity to meet um, all the people that were at the Startup Canada event mm. was uh, tremendous. It was just a great experience altogether. Yeah, one thing I've uh, really enjoyed about uh, being an entrepreneur and being in the Startup Canada space is the that there, there is no delineation between between age, gender, uh, you know, nationalities. It's just we're all entrepreneurs. We all speak the same language, and we all want to help each other. Did you find that when you were at the Startup Canada Day on the Hill? Oh yeah, I mean, nobody gets it like another entrepreneur. Right. Um, it's a it's an accelerated language for sure. Like you can just say, oh, you know something happen like supply chain issues and then somebody else has a story and it's just it's great it's it's a good opportunity to to meet with your tribe right right i love it um do you, is, is such a and 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 i want to make sure that i uh that, that by the way when we, we we talk about this actually let's let's kind of reference that right now how do people get a hold of you and the business to learn more about it um online Right. So my website is Satya, which is spelled S-A-T-Y-A dot C-A. Um, And that is my e-commerce site, uh, obviously, and you can order online. And you can also there at the top of the site, it says in stores. You can click on there, put in your address and there's a map and it'll show you what store actually locally carries my products. You can go and pick it up in person Brilliant. because we're in about 618 stores now across Canada. Wonderful. Um, yeah. And I started, uh, doing my first farmer's market here about four years ago, which was great, um, market research, by the way, if you're starting your business out and you can get into a farmer's market and talk to people and see how they react to your, uh, to your product. I highly recommend it. So you're obviously not uh, producing in your kitchen anymore. Tell us about that journey from your kitchen to what Hmm. you're doing now. 
Well, now we're at what's called a co-packer simply because, yeah, like I was literally staying up all night (laughs) until three o'clock in the morning making products, sleeping for four hours and getting up with my daughter. So they make uh, my product now in in large vats in a lab, Um, but they do it obviously with my recipe. Um, I source all my ingredients uh, still, I get them, like, for example, I get my almond oil uh, directly from this farmer I know down in California, which I try to get as direct supply chain as possible. And um, they're able to do larger runs, which is um, a big time saver, obviously, for me. It increases my my uh, my costs, but it's worth it. Who was your first retail operator and how, what, what was the, um, pardon when I say it, the sales pitch that you use? Did you walk in <laughs> with your daughter on your hip and say, hey, I got something I, I need your help with? Well, actually, uh, so I had been at the farmer's market and there was a kid store that was about half a block away. And I just thought, oh, I'll just go in. And <laughs> I, uh, the owner happened to be in there and I said, you know, I have this product and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you know what? I have so many products. I'm not interested. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, do you have any, do you have any skin issues? And she says, well, actually I have this rash under my ring finger that I can't get rid of. And it's awful and it's really itchy. And I said, I gave her one of my travel sizes yes. and I said, you try this and I'll call you in three days. Well, she called me yeah. the next morning yes. and said, it's gone and I'll carry your product. And she was the first one. And then after that, it was sort of a word of mouth explosion. People were starting to call me yes. um, to ask me to start carrying my product. So, so that's, do you want to give a shout out? Is that, that, that lady still carry your products? Oh yeah, they do. It's uh, Dandelion Kids. It's a nice. uh, children's retailer in Vancouver and Port Moody. I love it. High five to Dandelion Kids. Um, so, but your your uh, obviously your business has grown since then. Uh, how, how would you? What, what advice would you give to someone in your situation uh, now uh, for uh, developing a retail strategy to uh, to, to uh, distribute their products? Well, I went up to, I I had about 70 stores uh, here in the lower mainland, basically through word of mouth. Um, Then the Canada's uh, largest distributor, product distributor, Purity Life, uh, got interested and Whole Foods got interested as well. Um, Now, at that point, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to scale up. I knew it was going to be a jump. Um, and I said, okay, well, just give me a little bit of time to set this up. And that's when I went to the co-packer and got everything all straightened out. And then I said, yes. So it was really important for me to grow at the pace that I could do mm-hmm. because within two months, I went from 70 stores to 400 stores. Wow. So that was a huge jump, but I was ready. Sure. And if I had, if I had said yes, just because, you know, I thought I should, yeah. And it could have been a it could have been a business killer. Yeah, nothing worse than not being able to fulfill product, and you have customers waiting and waiting and waiting. Nothing worse than it. A- it happens. It happens. Everything happens. Let me just tell you, <laughs> everything is going to happen that you know that you think is is wrong, but um, you just kind of muddle through. It happens to everyone. So, does uh, the co-packer do they fulfill your uh, your products? Also, distribute them to the retailers and your online orders? No, they don't. They just send them back to me and I 
send them out from there. And so when you say you send them out from there, do you do you have a, a, a fulfillment house near where you're at or do you hire that out? What I'm getting at ultimately is, is how much do you retain yourself control of and how much do you hmm. outsource? I do not scale before I have to. Okay. Um, our distributor handles most of our retailers now. Uh, as far as our e-commerce, I actually have uh, a mom who takes care of all of my shipping and uh, she handles that on a daily basis. That is her, her main function. Very cool. Um, your daughter's name again is a beautiful name, but I want to make sure I pronounce it correctly. Could you say her name again, please? Esme. Esme. So let's pretend Esme is in the room right now and you have the opportunity to give her only one piece of advice for the rest of her life on how what she needs to do in order to be successful as an entrepreneur like her wonderful mother. What's the piece of advice you're going to give her? Always trust your gut. Mm. Always. Mm. Your gut is never wrong. And I think if you look back on your history of when you didn't follow your gut, you can agree that you weren't wrong. (laughs) Um, Really, there's so much more going on um, in the world and with body language and uh, with intuition. And, you know, you somehow you maybe not be able to articulate it, but somehow you know what the right decision is. So do listen to you yourself. Um, I have had people with what seemed like, um, extraordinary qualifications coming in to tell me how to run my business. Um, and that was very nearly twice cause I didn't learn the, f- the first time, uh, a huge mistake. So nobody, regardless of where they're coming from, knows your business like you do. So if it doesn't feel right, it isn't. Right on. And you need to, you need to um, respect that. Where's the next 365 days take you and Sutja? Uh, well, we're actually um, expanding into some more pharmacies. We have another, we're looking at at least another 300 stores this year. Yes. Uh, we have, we're coming out with a another uh, delivery method of uh, our existing product because we have tins and jars and we're going to do a compostable paper uh, stick so it's easier to apply. We have some line expansion happening Love it. Uh, in a variety of products. And uh, then eventually we're going to move internationally. We have quite a bit of interest, uh, people wanting to bring uh, the line into other countries, which, uh, you know, makes sense. Eczema is a huge problem mm-hmm. worldwide. Uh, with uh, the most recent stats actually for children, it's about 20% of the world's population wow. suffers from eczema. Wow. That's for kids under eight. Now for adults, it's around two to 3%. Mm-hmm. But if you actually move into developed countries like Canada, U S England, New Zealand, um, it's actually higher because of our poor diets. Uh, we have so many inflammatory foods that the uh, incidence of eczema is actually higher in those countries. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I try to end the conversations with a, 
that, you know, the, okay, that's been a great conversation. Thank you for that, Indian. And that would have done great right there. But you said something that was, that just kind of triggered into me. And, and, and again, it's just a value for the, for the entrepreneurs that are listening to this conversation. You, 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 you referenced the amount of stores that you're connecting. You had more pharmacies coming on board and so on. How do you, how do you stand out amongst the noise in these retail locations, uh, uh, amongst all these other, other, other product services or whatever, how do you, uh, how do you approach that, that, uh, that strategy or that need? Mm-hmm. Well, our packaging is pretty unique and distinctive. Mm-hmm. Um, the intention behind the company is very clear and I think people resonate with that and they actually will look for the product and they will share the story with other people that uh, they feel might find it useful. Uh, people they care about, uh, they want them to be able to have a good solution um, for them and their families as well. So I think it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of those factors for sure. And uh, we try to we try to build a community. Right, right. And, and in the building that community, obviously, the pharmacists are part of that. Do they do you engage with them? Do you have a, a, a regular dialogue with them or someone on your team to educate them to learn what their needs are? Uh, how do you how do you how do you approach that? Yeah, I would say that even more so for at least for me, rather than um, in-store demos, which you can spend a lot of time and money doing, I think more importantly um, for us is staff training. So training the people that are on the Uh floor in those stores so that they understand what this product is and and what the company is. Uh, One of the things that I've done is I did a short two-minute video because obviously I can't get everywhere Uh, that carries the product and I email it to store owners and they can forward it on to their staff and it's just me talking about the product what it is what's in it what how to use it how it works that sort of stuff so they can really easily accessible access that information versus paper I don't I I really find that brochures and, and that is quite wasteful and people just throw them away and they don't read them. So send a video, then they can share it on their social media. Yes, of course. As well. Yeah, so that video also has a cross reference opportunity to go to the customers. Yeah, and if and if you want to take a look at the video itself, it's actually on my website under our story if you want to see what I did and, and think about maybe doing something like that for yourself. My friend, you've got the last word before we head off. What's uh, uh, You gave the last word to your daughter. Now to the entrepreneurs on this uh, we're listening today, what uh, what do you want to leave with us for, for uh, as, as the lasting end of this great conversation? Well, I would say that anybody that has a specific question that they want to ask me, please reach out. I would love to hear from you. I get as much from those conversations as hopefully I'm providing to you. So that's patrice at satya.ca. Do ask for help. Do listen to your gut. And uh, take it easy on yourself. Be kind to yourself mm. once in a while as well. Mm, beautiful. Patrice Musso, thank you so much for your time today. Your daughter is one lucky young lady to have you as mm. a mom and as a role model. And uh, keep doing your magic. I look forward to the opportunity of meeting you face to face. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much, Rivers.
Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, this is Sophie Foray, Managing Partner of Brightspark Ventures, and you're listening to the Startup Canada podcast with Rivers Corbett. Brilliant. I, I want to touch on that competitive analysis. We don't really talk a lot about competitive analysis on the show. And I, I would love to get your insight as to why that monthly analysis, one, was important to you, but two, what were some of the key takeaways that you were, were looking for uh, in that list? Or not? maybe not looking for, but ultimately it taught you, I guess. Well, I think... A company that would, you know, go through such a process and see there's hundreds of competitors and everything could could get scared, panicked, mm-hmm. um, and um, and it's actually the opposite. What we need to look at is to say, okay, what's our core advantage? What are, what our core product why are we winning customers what's happening in the market and how can we stay ahead so i think it's always the combination when you're a startup of um you know focusing on what you're doing and and you know running with it and not focusing too much on what others are saying and doing and at the same time staying paranoid all the time you need to be paranoid that people will catch you up and so you're kind of running and looking back once in a while to make sure they're not catching up so i think it's uh it's more of an art than a science to make sure you find an equilibrium there and radian 6 was really good at doing that 